This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 246 of the Good Neighbor Podcast, and we have yet another good slash great neighbor. We have Dr. Dwayne Wiggins, and he is of Quigley Eye Specialist. Dr. Wiggins, how are you doing? Doing great, Charlie. How are you doing? Oh, doing wonderful, and uh, I really mean it. Obviously, we wouldn't bring anyone on this show other than good slash great neighbors, and you guys do wonderful things for the community. So let's start with, uh, you mind giving us an overview of Quigley Eye Specialists? Sure. It's, uh, I believe we celebrated 30 plus years uh, not too long ago, and uh, Dr. Quickly started the practice, and it has grown into a uh, multi-location, multi-physician uh, specialty group. And uh, we've got, I believe, uh, four ophthalmologists, um, and then we've got, uh, oh gosh, if you had got to keep me on track here, maybe seven to ten uh, optometrists that work in our group, and uh, we provide specialty care from routine eye exams all the way to patients that have uh, severe uh, conditions related to diabetes or glaucoma, mm. um, and especially cataracts. That's, that's one of our areas of expertise as well. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, you've got a lot going on, and, and you you know, so many conditions, uh, I guess, surrounding the, the eye. And uh, it's, again, nice to have resource like you guys in the community. How did you get into the medical world? What was your journey like? Well, uh, it was kind of interesting. Uh, as a young child, uh, you know, my interest in eyes actually be uh, began as a result of an accident. <laughs> I was uh, in first grade, and uh, we were uh, in the process of, I don't know, cutting out figures uh, from construction paper, and uh, uh -huh. I dropped a piece of construction paper next to my desk, and so I leaned over, and I still had the scissors in my oh. hand, and so I, it, it wasn't a problem leaning down to pick up the paper. It's when I came back up. <laughs> Uh, I was unaware of where my other hand and the pair of scissors was, so it actually, uh, I poked myself in the eye with my own pair of scissors. Oh. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that was my introduction to the eyeball, and uh, a rather, uh, um, I would say, not a very exciting experience that I had to go through, but uh, nonetheless, it uh, kind of guided me uh, from there on out, and I had a grandmother who had issues with eyes. She had had a corneal transplant and uh, some other surgeries. And, uh, you know, just being a doctor was always something I thought, you know, uh, I would be interested in. But interestingly, when I went off to college, uh, I kind of lost my, uh, I guess, my confidence. You know, I was making good grades, but I thought, gosh, you know, I don't know if I want to spend this many years to, to go through training and education. So I actually ended up getting a business degree, and uh, <laughs> believe it or not, I was a CPA with one of the large international public accounting firms for a couple oh, of years. Really? And uh, yeah, yeah, it was just it was just kind of a crazy, crazy course I took. Uh, but what what kind of drew me back was my best friend from intermediate school, uh, high school, and we also were roommates in college. He was very focused, and he knew he wanted to be a doctor. And so I was working as an accountant and he was in his training uh, as a physician. 
And I just got into, you know, some conversations with him and, you know, this urge, this desire, you know, maybe to be a doctor kind of resurfaced. And I eventually went and spent a weekend with him. He was working, doing a surgery rotation, general surgery rotation. And he uh, got me permission to be able to just kind of hang around with him for the weekend. And so I stayed in the hospital, slept in the on-call room, and, you know, just kind of followed him around and everything that he did. And it really just kind of confirmed in my heart that, you know what, this is really what your calling is. And uh, so I, you know, kind of made a 180 degree switch and uh, decided to go back into, uh, to start another uh, educational journey. And uh, here I am today. Wow. Wow. And, f- and for the benefits of our listeners, because I, I know uh, you had mentioned the amount of time you go to school um, and training and all that, you know, so you, you went to school, business degree, so then you out in the working world and you went back to school. So how many additional years of uh, schooling then? Well, it was uh, four years of medical school, yeah. and, and then I did uh, four years of ophthalmology training, including a specialty year. Uh, so it was a, an additional eight years of education um, after I made that switch. Wow. Wow. Talk about a commitment. Wow. Yeah, either I, I think some of my family thought I should have been committed to <laughs> <laughs> but no, they, they, I think they saw, you know, how I felt and, yeah. uh, they were very, very supportive and, uh, you know, very lucky, fortunate. I had a family that uh, felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Well, we're, we're thankful for it. Certainly. Um, how about myths in your world? Uh, what do you hear when it comes to the eye or treatments or certain conditions from a myth standpoint? Sure. Well, uh, you know, probably one of the old wives' tales is, uh, you know, if you try to read in the dark, you're going to you know, damage your eyes. Uh, it, it's You're not going to damage your eyes. You're just not going to be able to see very well in the dark. Uh, <laughs> you know, our, our eyes, you know, we do best when we have contrast, you know, between light and dark images or letters or whatever we're looking at. Um, and as you know, you know, if you've ever worked on a car and you're working underneath a dash, you know, without a uh, a flashlight is pretty hard to see the details, but um, you're not damaging your eyes. Now your eyes may be strained because you're trying to to see in the dark darkness, but you know there's no long lasting damage that is occurring uh, to the eyes as a result of doing that. So, you know that's one of the common things. You know as far as more specific issues, uh, some people believe that a cataract is actually some type of film uh, on the surface of the eye. And so, you know, one of the benefits that we have in our profession is we get to not only treat patients, but we can educate. And uh, so, you know, for your listeners that might be uh, kind of unaware as well, you know, what is a cataract? I've heard, you know, my cousin, my uncle, my brother, my friend had a cataract. Well, inside of the eye, there's a lens similar to the lens that you would see perhaps in a camera. And that lens we're born with. And when we're young and healthy, the lens is nice and clear, like uh, the glasses that you might be wearing on your face right now. Mm. Uh, However, as we get older, the lens just starts to cloud. It starts to turn kind of yellowish or whitish. And, you know, once the lens becomes cloudy, it's, I tell people, it's kind of like looking through a dirty fish tank. 
you know, mm. the water in the tank, you, you need to clean that water out so you can see the fish in the tank and you can see through the tank. So the uh, clouding of the lens is similar to that where you, the light just cannot be focused through that cloudy lens. So wow. taking the, the, the cloudy lens out, replacing it with an artificial lens. Uh, another misconception of, I've heard on a few occasions is some people think we have to take the eyeball out of the head <laughs> to be able to do cataract surgery and uh, of course that's not true. Uh, you know, the, we uh, we have a little device that holds the eyelids apart for the you know the person that may feel a little squeamish uh, to have surgery done on the eyes and yeah. the incisions are microscopic and the eyeball is left in place so uh, you know, we try not to dis disturb things too much. Oh my goodness! Wow, that's so interesting. I never really uh, understood the whole cataract surgery thing. Thank you for for explaining that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Which leads me to, you know, one, one of the things I really love about what you guys do is the educational side of things. And, and I know you, you've had to curtail the lunch and learns because of COVID, I'm sure. But, you know, uh, to be able to, uh, I, I guess, when, when life comes back to quasi-normal, whatever that ends up being after COVID, the ability to, to what, uh, for, you know, the general public to visit your location and learn about some of these treatments and, and conditions, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I think, you know, uh, education, you know, definitely is really the first thing that we need to emphasize, uh, because, you know, if someone understands whether it's a medical condition or anything else in life, you know, to understand something allows you to make a much more informed and educated decision yeah. about, you know, what your choices are and what you should do. And so, yeah, these lunch and learns, you know, a variety of topics, uh, myself and other doctors in our practice uh, will speak on. And, uh, you know, perhaps the, the person that's actually listening may not have that condition, but they've got a friend that, oh, yeah, my friend has this condition, has glaucoma or macular degeneration uh, or some other uh, condition that, you know, they can share to, to those people say, hey, you know, I went and listened to someone speak about this and, you know, uh, Quigley Eye Specialist has doctors that actually can, can treat and take care of these problems. So, mm. uh, so a lot of times it's just, you know, getting information out so that people can tell other people. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, the more we know and understand, plus it, it reduces that fear factor. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure you run into patients that have put off improving their vision probably for years uh, because they really weren't aware of how it works. Like you said, you know, who wants to have their eyeball removed, right? I mean, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and you know, that uh, fear of the unknown is probably yeah. more of a problem than knowing something and having fear about that. Uh, and so, you know, just kind of walking patients through whatever they may be going through and I think, you know, it's important for doctors and, you know, their staff to, you know, really hold patients' hands as they go through uh, whatever is surgeries or procedures or treatments, uh, because, you know, especially at our practice, you know, we try to treat everyone as if they're family or they're our guest. And, you know, if somebody comes into your home and says, hey, Charlie, you know, uh, I need to use, you know, the restroom. Where is it? You know, you just point, hey, it's down that hall, you know, and you know, take a left or a right and hope you, hopefully you find it versus walking that person down the hall and saying, opening the door, turning the light on and say, here, here you go. Uh, you know, it just, I think 
people just appreciate uh, a more personalized approach. I'm with you hundred percent. So how about when you're not working, when you're not in the office, what are you doing for fun? Well, I have a beautiful wife uh, and uh, she and I, uh, we just recently actually relocated to Florida about a year and a few months ago. Oh, wow. Uh, So so we love uh, the outdoors. We like the beach. We like the water. Uh, You know, we have uh, uh, an interest in physical fitness and nutrition. So, you know, it's a challenge because we also like to go to good restaurants and, uh, (laughs) you know, you got to, as you know, Charlie, once you get to a certain point in life, you know, what you could consume in uh, in large amounts uh, previously uh, doesn't do so well as you get a little bit older. So, you know, finding uh, nice places to eat where you don't, you know, bust the belt, so to speak, is always uh, an interesting thing. Uh, physical <laughs> fitness, um, you know, we like to go to the gym, exercise, just, you know, kind of a, an active lifestyle. So Florida has definitely uh, given us basically everything that we have uh, been looking for. Now, where do you guys work at uh, typically? <laughs> Well, right now with this uh, COVID thing going on, uh, fortunately the uh, subdivision that we live in has a, a clubhouse with a workout area. Nice. Uh, yeah. Prior to that, I was actually going to the NCH uh, location okay. off of Immokalee and uh, you know they had a very large amount of uh, equipment and different mm-hmm. things available, but right now they're kind of going through, a, I believe, a renovation and uh, so just waiting for that to reopen. But, you know, uh, to be honest, you know, even when the clubhouse was not even open, I was doing, my wife and I were doing exercises in the home. It's actually amazing how many things you can do in the house. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to sit on the couch and, you know, <laughs> eat, eat Cheetos and drink, you know, Mr. Pibb. But, uh, you know, to get, get yourself motivated to get off, off of the couch and, and you know, even do exercise in the home, and especially for, you know, some of our, you know, more uh, mature and senior uh, uh, people here in the community. You know, I think that's extremely important so that you know, yeah. they can reduce their risks. But at the same time, you know, try to keep uh, active and, and not just uh, become so sedentary. Yeah. Also, it enhances your mood. I mean, in a, again, at a time like this, uh, uh, we could all use a better mood uh, to, to battle against all the negative stuff that's going on around with news and so forth. So it's exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and as you probably know, you know, exercise, you know, releases endorphins uh, and endorphins are chemicals that, you know, when they get into the brain, they kind of give you this sense of uh, pleasure and enjoyment yeah. and accomplishment, I think as well. Yep. So that's, that's always a good thing to, to keep yeah. the mind uh, feeling good about things. Yeah. Well, we're a, uh, we're big fans of health clubs. We actually, Barb and I, were, we had a chain of health clubs in the Philadelphia area for 23 years. So uh, whenever I oh, hear, yeah, interesting, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a workout geek. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think you know if you, if you can just maintain some sort of physical activity, I think you know your risks of you know, serious medical conditions, you know, is going to be reduced. Of course, there are some things that we can't control, you know, that we may develop, but, you know, the things that we can control, uh, I think it's, I think it's our, our duty to, you know, treat our bodies as uh, we only get one chance and uh, you know, who wants to end up, you know, with multiple medical conditions and disabilities that could have been prevented. 
And just, just one last piece, you, you brought back memories of seminars I used to do for our members and just sharing that it's these little things that have a huge impact on your health. I mean, something as simple as uh, walking, you know, a short distance around the block, around the block a few times, you know, you would think, oh, you know, what's the point? I'm just going to sit here on the couch. But it is amazing the studies that have been done and the difference, the impact it has on your health. So it doesn't require anyone joining a gym or, or, you know, working out seven days a week and pushing heavy weights, just simply be active, do something you find you enjoy. And that's the blessing of living here, right, Doc? I mean, there's so many things we can do uh, in the Naples, Fort Myers area. Yeah. And, you know, you can pretty much do it year round. uh, Of course, you know, be careful for the heat and, you know, during the middle of the day, but, you know, early mornings or uh, early evenings, you know, definitely, most people should be able to get out and uh, you know take a little walk around the neighborhood. Awesome. Awesome. How about from a hardship standpoint, what comes to mind? Maybe it was personal or business that uh, challenge you gotten through. You look back now and say, I'm better for it. I'm stronger. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, you know, what I uh, spoke to earlier about uh, changing careers, uh, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a good career as a CPA and uh, I had a pretty good future ahead of me if I'd chosen to stay with that. Mm. Um, you know, and most of my friends that I grew up with, you know, they were also at the point where, you know, they maybe had finished their education and they were early in their careers. And, you know, when you go through college and, you know, the only money you see is going out, nothing's coming in. It's kind of nice when you finally start to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, when I made that change to go back, you know, it was, there was some internal struggle, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I knew that what I was supposed to do, but at the same time, it's like, do you really want to go back and kind of, you know, live a pauper's life for the next eight to 10 years uh, before you, you know, finish your training uh, but again, you know, when you, when you feel deep down inside of your, your heart that, you know, this is what I need to do, uh, and you focus on that and you try not to focus on, uh, oh yeah, my friend Scott just got a new car and, you know, I'm still driving one that's 15 years old that, you know, the window won't roll all the way up. You know, it, it's some, there can be times where you kind of question, you know, the decisions that you made. Uh, but again, you know, looking towards the future, you know, that was real. That's really what I told myself. And that's what I tell even my children and even, you know, people that I meet that, you know, you may be not sure right now where you want to go or what you want to do, but if you've got a goal in your mind, you know, some of these other things just kind of fall off to the side and things that may irritate you now or frustrate you, you know, they don't have as much uh, weight uh, when you kind of look at this is, this is where I want to be in five years or 10 years. So, So making that change was really, for me, it was difficult, but at the same time, um, I knew that that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Yeah, I I can't even fathom that. That's, uh, like you said, to be established and to be finally making some good money and your peers are all doing wonderful things and then you put the brakes on it and (laughs) say, Paul's everything for eight years. Uh, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So how about uh, if there's one thing you wish our listeners knew about Quigley Eye Specialist, what would that be? Well, uh, you know, I think one of the new exciting things that uh, in our Naples office that uh, we have uh, 
been developing and it will be opening soon is the Q iLASIK and Med Spa uh, next to our office in Naples uh, off of uh, Piper Boulevard. Uh, we have uh, opened up or in the process of opening up a, uh, a LASIK center, which would be a new addition to our practice. Uh, I uh, have about 20 years experience uh, performing LASIK, uh, my previous job. Um, Dr. Emanuel Kai Lewis, who is also one of our physicians, he has about 10 years of experience. He actually worked um, in Sweden for a number of years after he finished his training, mm. and he's back here in the States. So we've got uh, over 30 years combined experience in performing LASIK surgery. So we're very, very excited about getting that program uh, on the ground and here in the very next few weeks. Uh, we'll be doing our first surgery, so we're very, very excited about that uh, to offer to uh, the area. And then uh, Dr. Stephen Prendival, uh, he's a very well-established uh, facial plastic surgeon. He has uh, uh, some uh, med spa uh, background, the uh, Aswage uh, Med Spa. We're going to also be offering uh, his services, uh, whether they're medical or surgical, um, in our location. So uh, we're just very excited to be offering these new uh, products to uh, patients in, uh, in this area. Oh, terrific. So, so what will, it, will the name be QI LASIK and Med Spa? Is that the uh, name of the new? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the Q, of course, uh, you know, for yeah. Quigley, Dr. Right. Quigley. And uh, the LASIK, we added the, the little small I, the letter I before LASIK. And the reason we did that is we have it's called the uh, Johnson, Johnson and Johnson is the company that uh, has made these devices. It's called the iDesign Laser Suite. So it's three different uh, devices that are used to perform LASIK surgery. Uh, one of them is a, a device that measures the the eye, it not only measures whether you're nearsighted, farsighted, or have astigmatism, but it also measures something we call higher or order aberrations, which actually the beginnings of this came from the development of high-powered telescopes uh, that are used to look up into the heavens at uh, galaxies and universes, you know, that are thousands or excuse me, millions and millions of miles away. So the technology that has been applied to, to the eye so that we can measure how light travels from the front of the eye all the way to the back of the eye, the retina, and that those measurements allow us to uh, precisely treat a person's eye uh, as, as accurately as we possibly can. And uh, what we have found is that vision, you may have heard you know, 2020, 2020 is perfect vision. Well, actually, vision better than 2020 is possible now. Uh, really? This type of uh, the treatment. So, uh, using this the, this device, the eye design device, is going to hopefully allow us to have people, you know, walking around with 2015, which is better than 2020, or 2012 vision, which is even better than, than 2020. Wow. So, uh, it's, we're, we're very excited about uh, the possibilities that we have uh, with this new system. Uh, the other devices involved, there's a laser that's used to, uh, to create a flap on the cornea. So precision and accuracy is as is, is, uh, much as we possibly can. And then, of course, the laser that actually reshapes the surface of the eye based on the measurements from the eye design uh, 
to create an optical system that hopefully light focuses precisely in one point so people get the, the clearest vision that they possibly can. That's amazing. <laughs> I am learning so much in this interview. Thanks for sharing all that. Sure, sure. Wow. And again, you know, the education of, you know, what's, what we, what's available and what can be done you know, some people may just be so fearful, like nobody can touch my eyes. Well, you know, with, with a little medication, perhaps one or two Valium, you'd be amazed at <laughs> what, what we're able to do to, uh, you know, take care of people that maybe are, you know, the anxious or uh, the uh, kind of this person that's more prone to being stressed out. Yeah. And the impact it makes on your life. I mean, you know, I think that's one of the challenges you, you, you probably have, I'm guessing, is, is, you know, we go through decades of, of you know, whatever condition it is, I'm just going to say generally our vision getting worse and worse and worse, but because it happens in such small increments, right? You know, 30 years go by and you know your vision's off, but boy, when you, I guess the day after, whenever you start seeing even 2020 again, let alone 20, exactly. 2012, it's probably like, well, well, you know, especially for that person that, you know, said, gosh, I've worn glasses since yeah. I was a small child. Yeah. You know, I can't, get out of, I can't get out of bed to go get a drink or go to the restroom until, you know, I've got to reach over and try to find my glasses. Right. Uh, you know, for somebody that's lived that life and can wake up, open their eyes, mm. see across the room, get up go make their breakfast, get in the car, go for a drive, go watch a movie. You know, it's just a, it's a life-changing experience. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sure we have many listeners uh, who want to know more. Where should we send them? Uh, website, location, phone numbers, go ahead. Let them have it. Well, uh, the website is uh, .com. Uh, and that'll give you uh, all of the different locations. So depending where our uh, listeners are located, uh, there's fortunately one main number, so you only have to call one number. It's 239-466-2020, which uh, is uh, appropriate for an eye, eye, eye doctor. So uh, 466-2020, and uh, you know, just call, and then the, the ladies that uh, answer the phone you know, will find out where you're located and which office is closest to you, and or if you just have other general questions, they can. If they can't answer it, they will pass it along to someone else that uh, can uh, give you the information you need. Well, terrific. Well, Dr. Wiggins, it's been an eye opener. Really appreciate your time and uh, you sharing all this important knowledge. Well, Charlie, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we were able to get together and to to chat a little bit, and uh, maybe we can uh, talk again in the future sometime. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.